everybody, welcome back to the Insightful Thinkers Podcast. The Haitian Revolution was the only successful uprising against slavery in history. With no models to follow, those who were once enslaved created a new political state of entirely free individuals, with some of these ex-slaves constituting the new political authority there. For the first time ever, a population of African origin overthrew its white rulers. We're talking about the beginnings of the Haitian Revolution today, from the initial uprisings in 1791 to the emancipation in August of 1793. In 1791, Haiti, then called Saint-Domingue, had been the wealthiest and most exploitative of the New World's slave societies. But by 1793, the slave system in the island lay in complete ruin and the black population were all legally free. How did this happen in the span of two years? That's what we're talking about today on the Insightful Thinkers podcast. All credit to the main source of this episode, uh, Popkin's 2012 book, Concise History of the Haitian Revolution. So let's give some perspective into Haiti at the time of the revolution. Today, you can Google Haiti um, and then you see images of Haiti's poverty. You see their environmental problems and you hear about their political turmoil. But 200 years ago, Haiti was nothing like this. Haiti actually played a central role in world affairs and was one of the most profitable of all New World colonial settlements. So the New World is like the Western world. In 1789, when the slave population in the United States was 700,000, Saint-Domingue, or Haiti, had nearly 500,000 slaves and produced almost half of the entire world's supply of sugar and coffee. When the Haitian Revolution began, the wealth of Saint-Domingue's plantation owners actually eclipsed some of the richest plantation owners in the United States. So Saint-Domingue was no lowly colony at the time of this uprising, and the, the progress of the Haitian uprising was actually followed closely throughout the entire Atlantic world. So when did this revolution start up? It started in the north of Saint-Domingue, um, but we really don't know so many hard facts about it. Well, of course, there's enough to, to create these books and whatnot, but there's no actual testimony from any of those who helped plan the uprising. So many of uh, the questions about its outbreak remain unanswerable to this day. The role of the French Revolution is one thing we're not sure of. We, we just talked about the French Revolution uh, last week, and there, there could have been a role of the French Revolution just before this in, in sparking the Haitian Revolution. At the time, the white colonists were convinced that the slaves had been incited to rebel because of abolitionist propaganda in France and the echoes of the French Revolution and, and their debates about liberty and equality. But there's really no evidence that any of this French propaganda actually had reached the slaves. What we do know is that at the turn of the 17th century, slaves in Saint-Domingue uh, outnumbered their masters. What we also know is that slaves from several plantations in the north met together on a plantation Sunday, August 14th of 1791, eight days before the start of the rebellion. At their meeting, they set a date for when they would simultaneously attack various plantations. The first bands of insurgents gathered increasing numbers of supporters as they moved rapidly from plantation to plantation, and within a few days, 
almost the entire northern plain of Saint-Domingue, which housed the richest sugar-growing area in the colony, had been devastated. The blacks were no longer willing to follow orders from whites. One American who, uh, an American merchant who visited uh, Saint-Domingue at the time of the revolt, um, he commented that one of his surviving white friends was working like a slave to restore his property. But a man warned him when he, when he used this term, he said, don't use the word slave in any occasion because it might cost you your life. So this uprising, it happened quickly. They gathered numbers. They were burning down plantations, killing many. And, and, and this initial uprising drove many of the white slave owners in the north into a panic. Suddenly, every non-white was looked at as a potential threat. Many blacks who had nothing to do with the uprising were massacred because of this panic in the north. This is similar to what happened during Nate Turner's rebellion in Virginia. And many innocent blacks were being murdered who had nothing to do with the rebellion, all because of this panic it incited. So you can already see the repercussions to slaves, some slaves themselves um, in the early days of this revolution. It was n by no means some kind of a cataclysmic event or a success from the start, these uprisings. N not all slaves in Saint-Domingue were even interested in the revolt or involved. West of the Northern Plain, for instance, one slave owner told his slaves that they would lose their huts and private food plots if they joined the insurrection. He formed them into something of a private militia of slaves that defended the region from insurrection for the next two years. So some slaves were even fighting uh, against the revolution, whether it was due to their own volition or because they were coerced by certain slave owners. Some slaves were fighting against it. Some slaves were indifferent to it, but many were fighting uh, with, with the revolution. But these black insurgents fighting with the revolution, it, it was not a success from the start. They, they only had muskets and rifles for one-fifth of their men according to some documentation. So this left them at a serious disadvantage to the heavily armed whites. The black fighters actually suffered greater casualties than the whites in the first few months of this insurrection. It is estimated that about 4,000 black insurgents were killed, an additional 4,000 were captured, whereas an estimated only 400 whites had been killed. So it was not particularly successful at first by any means. Once the blacks failed some of their missions and they failed to destroy the white government, uh, and once their leader, uh, Dutty Buchmann, had been killed, the surviving black generals tried to reach an agreement with the colonial government to actually end the uprising. Uh, Toussaint Louverture played a key role in this effort. Toussaint also intervened to actually protect white prisoners who were captured by insurgents and urged the black leaders to remain civil, if you can use, even use that term during an uprising, but to remain civil and to follow legal procedures while dealing with the whites who were captured. So from the start, Toussaint sought to limit the violence of the uprising and, and he wanted to guide the movement toward the creation of a new social and political order that would be acceptable to all groups that made up the colony's population. In time, he ended up becoming the leader of all of Saint-Domingue for life. We'll mention his name throughout. He's the, really the key figure in the Haitian Revolution. What were the goals of the 
these black insurgents, the initial ones who were rebelling. Well, once the insurgents began to take hold of significant portions of land, they had begun already to organize uh, a leadership of ex-slaves. So they established a network of camps in the regions they held and appointed commanders to each of them. And Toussaint Louverture was one of the was the commanders of one of these regions. Um, he acquired his own kind of power base that grew and grew until he had enough support to become the leader of all of all of Haiti. Now about these goals of the insurgents. So from the outset, the goals of the black leadership were actually in conflict with the goals of the mass population. Former slaves had absolutely no interest in continuing to perform slave labor. Hence, they did not care about maintaining any type of a plantation system that existed before the revolt. Some of the new black ruling class, however, these military generals, they actually wouldn't have minded to substitute themselves for the former white plantation owners and to continue the production of cash crops and continue slavery. Another conflict of interests was that the black leaders needed resources to pay for weapons and ammo to supply their troops, and they had to purchase this from Santo Domingo. This is the modern-day Dominican Republic, just... uh, on the east side of of the same island in order to pay for these this ammo and and these weapons black commanders actually sold black prisoners in of war into slavery to the spanish this willingness to engage in slave trading which was a similar practice to what was happening with the black rulers in africa who sold black captives to the europeans during the transatlantic slave trade this indicates that there is at least uh, at least some of these black leaders did not necessarily see their movement as a revolt against the principle of slavery, but rather saw it as a way to benefit the participants of the revolt in a more general way. And Toussaint, he was he was one of these who who sought to gener- uh, benefit the public in a general way. But what he never did was uh, engage in this type of slave trading. Because Toussaint was free himself before the revolution, he may have had a stronger commitment to the elimination of slavery than the other black commanders did. We talked about how this uprising was not some some major event that all happened right away and it was successful right away. What is the turning point? Well, the French and the the link with the Spanish... The 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 black insurgents of Saint Domingue linked up with the Spanish, and this was something of a turning point here. The French and Spanish halves, as I kind of mentioned, of Saint Domingue were at war during the revolution. So, I'll put up an image for the YouTube viewers of of just I mean, of just what the geography looks like. Half of the island is Haiti, half of the island is is Dominican Republic. So, they were at war: Spanish versus the French. Following the ancient Sanskrit dictum of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, the black insurgents joined the Spanish and they went to war against the French. So they aligned with the Spanish who were already at war with the French. The Spanish authorities in Santo Domingo had been giving covert support to the black insurgents since the start of the revolt, actually. Now they were ready to make an open alliance with the black leaders and promise them freedom if they aligned to fight under the Spanish flag. So this is what they did. And 
eventually they overwhelmed the French, and by the end of August 1793, the French recognized that it was helpless to control the revolt. France then proclaimed an end to slavery in Saint-Domingue. But Toussaint himself actually was not satisfied with this proclamation. He continued to fight his way through French territory, and he eventually he built up his base, and he established himself as governor general of Saint-Domingue. On August 29th, 1793, the day of the Emancipation Degree, Toussaint used the name Louverture, Toussaint Louverture, or the opening for the first time, claiming he was fighting for liberty and equality. This Louverture name uh, may have referred to his tactical abilities as uh, commander, who knows exactly what, uh, as an opener, maybe like freer, he... He opens spaces, new new roads. No one knows exactly why he used this, but this is the first time he did on the day of emancipation in, in on August 29th, 1793. Rather than joining the French, he told his correspondents that they were deceivers who only wanted to bring them down. So he reserted his loyalty to the Spanish. The French had assumed that their emancipation proclamations would bring the black population to their side, but the black generals were not prepared to break their alliance with the Spanish. The Spanish had already persuaded them that revolutionary France and its colonies were on the brink of defeat. So why align with France if we're about to take over? This revolution's about to go our way by aligning with the Spanish. So this is what happened. That's how uh, what led to emancipation. Very quick... Uh, those two years, I mean, so much happened, but um, it is really incredible what happened. What happened after emancipation, though, that we're not covering? We're just talking about the beginnings of the Haitian Revolution today. But uh, the Haitian Revolution reached its conclusion on January 1st, 1804, when a general who had once been a slave, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, proclaimed the independence of the Republic of Haiti. The Haitian Constitution of 1805 proclaimed that Slavery is abolished forever, and that all distinctions of color among members of the same family must stop. The Haitian Revolution's stand against slavery and racial discrimination made it the most radical slave rebellion ever against European rule. The victory of the Haitians inspired uh, indep independence movements throughout Central and, and South America. No study of the revolutionary origins of the modern world can ignore this movement. This really started it all. It doesn't get a lot of uh, attention, and in, in, in certainly not in what I, the curriculum I learned. Uh, and but it, it, you can't really ignore it. It was really this the the most successful slave rebellion ever. The only successful one, truthfully. Um, Toussaint Louverture, who became governor general of Haiti for life, proclaimed that or he showed and, and he proved that a former slave could command armies and govern just as effectively as any white man. Haiti was incredibly prosperous uh, during most of his time. He, he rebuilt the country. It was, a, it was really a power, as we kind of talked about back in the day. And Toussaint Louverture is, has a hand in this as, as, the, as the leader of Haiti. Hardly any other movement in history struck such a calamitous blow against the institution of slavery. Haitian Revolution, that was it. Very quick episode today, but I just wanted to talk about the beginnings of the Haitian Revolution. Again, some of these revolutions, we can't talk about them all. Um, and we can't talk about 
the the entire uh, the entirety of any of, of each of them either because there's so many events that occur. I mean, even Jean-Jacques Dessalines, we, we hardly even mentioned him. He's one of the main figures in the Haitian Revolution. But in these first couple of years, it was Toussaint Louverture, it was the other black generals, these militias that they aligned with the Spanish and, and France declared emancipation. Later on, Napoleon sent back thousands of men to recapture Haiti and there were all sorts of events, but uh, I just wanted to do an in-depth analysis into the beginnings of the Haitian Revolution for the final episode of the Revolution series of April 2021. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, just share it with a friend or do the digital things to boost it in the discovery algorithms. We'll be back on Monday as always. In-depth analysis, diverse set of topics. Take care, everybody. This podcast is a production of Insightful Thinkers Media.